Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. And welcome back to another episode. My guest today is the functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She is an autoimmune protocol coach. She is a former opera singer, and boy, we're going to have to put her on the hook with that one. A wife, a mom, a foodie. Um, I love that, that she knows um, what we put inside our body is so important. She is a new author with Healthy Through Hodgkins, and we're going to be talking about her new book. She is also a podcast host for, uh, with Lifelong Vitality Podcast and the producer of the Get Gutsy Project. Her passion is helping women across the country uncover the hidden stressors that are making them sick. My guest today is none other than Kyleen Terhoon, and welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Amy. I just love everything that you're doing with this podcast, and it just aligns so well. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you bet. Today in um, our episode, we're going to talk about body image. Um, we're going to talk about uh, fad diets versus healthy habits. Um, and not only fad diets, but other things that we do, crazy things in trying to get healthy. Um, her personal uh, story of how all these bad choices in life caught up with her and what happened, she's going to share with us how hormones and gut health um, really play a part in our vitality and how healthy we are. She's going to share with us about the FDN program. I have no idea what that is even. I'm excited to learn right along with all of you. And more importantly, um, her new book, Healthy Through Hodgkins, I really want her talking with us about um, her cancer diagnosis and what she did um, in order to treat her body through that diagnosis because chronic disease numbers are on the rise. You guys know I talk about and preach about this all the time. Today, six out of 10 adults have a chronic disease and four out of 10 have more than two. It's crazy to me these numbers keep going up with so many of us talking about the choices that we have in our hands. Are you seeing the same numbers I'm seeing, Kyleen? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's, um, it's you know, thinking about where we are right now in this worldwide pandemic and they talk about people that have pre-existing conditions, I think who doesn't have some sort of pre-existing condition? Those numbers are so huge, you know, everyone's immune system on some level is probably not perfect, you know? So yeah, there's, there's quite a rise that, you know, and it corresponds with so many different things that we could go into, but, but yeah, absolutely. It's a huge problem. It's big. And, um, you know, it's funny because with this pandemic, I, I haven't really had my head in the sand, but my mom had surgery, so I have been taking care of her and not really paying attention. But, you know, for people like you and me, where we're already doing all the healthy things, and, and this is going to kind of lead into, you know, some of the discussion we're going to have later, it doesn't necessarily mean we're immune to everything, but certainly I don't have the fear like some other people do because I know I've already given my body the tools that it needs to be on a healthy 
basis. And, and we're certainly going to be talking about the tools that we can have in our arsenal today um, to make sure that we're making all those healthy choices, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Excited. <laughs> Let's go back uh, in time here because your story is big. Um, as I researched you, body image, and I think for a lot of us women, that's a big thing. We, uh, whether we want to admit it or not, we're we're consumed by what we what we look like, right? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. I can't imagine a teenage girl who hasn't at some point looked at her body, at least here in the United States with, with all of the expectations and images and, and everything that we're exposed to hasn't looked at her body and wanted something to change. Right. Um, and so much of that has to do with, um, society of course, but also our self-worth and all of these different things come into play. And yeah, it was absolutely a huge thing in my life. And it, it did start very young, actually in my, in my teens. And I would, you know, I tried a lot of different things. I tried, you mentioned fad dieting, talking about that a little bit. Oh my gosh, what didn't I try at the time? And I was so young, you know, and I'm trying, uh, South beach or Adkins or whatever it is, you know? And to me at the time it was like, okay, well I'll go to McDonald's and just not get the bun. Like, <laughs> like that's a good option. <laughs> I um, ordered this fast food meal and then put a Diet Coke with it. And somehow that's right. going to make it better, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's just, you know, the understanding the level um, that I did or did not have at that time. And um, so, yeah, I was very much obsessed with being thin. I wanted to be thin, 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 thin. Um, over time, that definitely um, played a negative role in my, in my health. So uh, I actually ended up doing a physique competition in 2016 and doing that, you know, I'm, I very much am someone that when I put my mind to something, I'm going to accomplish it, you know? And, uh, so I did this and I did the whole extreme dieting thing. It was extreme restriction. And, um, that was very hard on my body. I worked out multiple times a day, sometimes for this process and I looked amazing, but, um, you know, I missed my period for like 82 days around that time. And, um, what was really fascinating to me was actually how lowering my calories, controlling my fat and carb consumption and increasing my exercise, I really hit a plateau where I could not lose any more weight. No matter, it just, I was being as dedicated as I could. And, uh, the night of, it was so great. The night, uh, the competition was over my husband, this was in Nashville and my husband and I went out to eat. And I literally had like this entire steak and like all the, and I'm sure it was so much fat, you know, and all <laughs> the stuff and all these calories and, um, you know, healthy food, but, uh, you know, really rich and full of calories. And the next day I dropped a pound. So that was, you know, my body telling me, oh my gosh, you need these things. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think it plays a role probably in every woman's life and, but it can be so detrimental. And I think as I've grown as a person, as a practitioner, understanding more about health, my body, my perspective has just changed so much to wanting to be healthy and vibrant rather than, you know, quote unquote, perfect. Exactly. And you know, sometimes things work backwards from what we think they should be. You know, you shared about you ate this big, you know, rich, high in fat and carb and, you know, meal. And you, what did you say? You lost a pound? Yeah, uh, I dropped it down the next day and I've been totally plateaued. For, I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, uh, many, many, many years ago, I used to be a former smoker. And so I started running in order to get rid of that habit. And what I found was I wasn't eating enough to fully energize my body because I was on the philosophy that we needed to restrict calories and that we only needed to intake so many calories, you know, per day. Um, And I found that when I increased the amount of food that I was eating, especially protein, that I had way more energy and actually performed much better in my running than than before, which is, you know, we think about, you know, diet and lose weight, we have to restrict the calorie intake. And it actually worked backwards for me too. Yeah. And I think it does for a lot of people. So um, when I work with my clients, um, I don't primarily focus on nutrition. I primarily focus on the gut, but nutrition obviously plays a big role in that. And so I always tell people, like, I don't have people count calories, count macros, portion control. What we're trying to do is find foods that support your body, that it provides the nutrients to for your body systems to function the way they're supposed to function, and then avoiding things that cause inflammation. So whether that is overarching principles that kind of are just inflammatory in general for a variety of reasons, or whether those are food sensitivities that your body has tagged as problematic. Um, but when we're able to do that, I really find that weight management is um, almost easy. You know, when I started working on my gut and changing my diet in an actual healthy way, thinking about whole foods and avoiding these inflammatory things, all of a sudden weight management became, you know, almost like a non-issue. Right. And do you find when you're working with your clients that, um, that, that what's inflammatory to one person is not necessarily inflammatory to another, that this is very specific for each individual. There's some categories of food, I think, that are, are inflammatory, but what, what are you finding when you're working with your clients? Oh, yeah, I think exactly what you said. There's an overarching um, principle that kind of uh, goes for everyone, obviously, um, fast food, <laughs> highly, highly refined processed foods made with fake ingredients. Those are not great, right? They're going to cause inflammation for everybody. So that's kind of an overarching thing. Another one that I find is like incredibly, uh, across the board accurate for everyone is gluten. And so I do, um, ask that my clients go gluten-free. It just seems to have tremendous benefits for pretty much everyone, (laughs) uh, whether it's weight management or calming inflammation or whatever, when it comes to everything else, even healthy foods like blueberries, avocados, bananas, those sorts of things. That's where the food sensitivity testing really comes in because everyone is so very extremely individualized. And so what I uh, love to see is if it's possible to do um, two, maybe even three food sensitivity tests in a year, because then you're really going to see which foods are um, long-term inflammatory and maybe not great for your body. And you're going to see which ones are kind of caught up in the process and not long-term for you. And they kind of fall off over time. Right. And so if you can establish a pattern, then you really actually get to understand your individuality and which foods are, you know, actual long-term sensitivities that you need to avoid. And that is very different person to person. Absolutely. Now, what about, I I like that you talk about gluten and removing gluten from your diet. Um, I've got my opinions on why gluten is so bad for our body and why so many people um, have those adverse reactions to it. I'd love to know what your philosophies are, why gluten is such an issue for so many people. Yeah, well, there's um, several reasons. And one is that it's very hybridized. So, you know, uh, 
let's let's take the argument of it can't be bad because it's in the Bible, right? We're supposed to, <laughs> we're supposed to eat bread, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, but it's not the it's not the wheat plant that we had in those times. Um, right. It's actually been very um, modified, very changed. Um, the protein structure is very different in terms of there's a lot more gluten in the wheat today than there was, um, you know, even a hundred years ago before some of these changes were made. And so the gluten is actually a combination of two proteins and it can be difficult for people to digest. And so when you go from a plant that has a low amount of this in there to a high amount, you're naturally going to see more sensitivities arise, more digestive issues arise just naturally. Then on top of it, you include all of these new um, food processes that we have where we can get food quickly, easily, and almost everything that's processed has gluten and wheat in it. And your exposure to the food itself, not just the proteins in the food, but the food itself is skyrocketed. So we have this tremendous increase in the amount that we have been eating. Right. And then on top of that, we have, um, you know, cold, uh, practices, farming practices that include spraying crops like wheat heavily with glyphosate. And we know that very, very small amounts of glyphosate, um, kill and damage your beneficial gut bacteria. So there's um, kind of a plethora, kind of a combination of reasons that we're seeing a lot of inflammation and a lot of um, disruption when people are eating this. It's also something that increases a protein called zonulin, which increases the tight junctions um, in your gut lining. So basically that just makes your gut lining more permeable. So there's some other things going on. If it's a chronic problem for you, if it's um, a food sensitivity for you, if you have other gut issues, it's definitely something you want to avoid for sure. Right. I find it so interesting and your, your thoughts align exactly with what, what I have in um, I have found though that I've been able to eat. Um, the company that I'm aligned with has a product called Einkorn, which is an mm-hmm. ancient wheat that doesn't have, I want to say, in my last looking up, that the amount of chromosomes in our current wheat today was over 42 versus yeah. ancient wheat is, is more like 12. Um, right. Yeah. And so this is going back to our ancient wheat and I don't have the same reaction in my body when I eat that versus what we get through our stores. Yeah, 100%. When I started going gluten-free, we actually transitioned to einkorn products first. And then I eventually um, kind of weeded that out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely for healthy individuals a wonderful option. So again, that's going back to, uh, if you want to say what God created, it's like the right. original form, right? It's the right. original before it's been changed. And I believe it's an organic product. So you're not going to get, um, the pesticides and, and right. glyphosate exposure like that. So yeah, um, definitely a great option for healthy, healthy people. Right. Not, and I don't recommend it to anybody who has been say diagnosed with, um, what is the, what is yeah. Celiac, right. I mean, if you have a true, you know, diagnosis, it's not just a sensitivity to it, um, for sure. And I do find that my body, I don't eat a lot of, um, you know, pastas and breads and just because it doesn't do well with my energy. Um, I just find, and especially when you're post 50, uh, those tend to go around the waist. Carbohydrates tend to sit right around my waist. Uh, for me. So I, that's just me. I found that I do better with my energy levels and my weight distribution in the body if I stay away from those type of foods. 
Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Awesome. So you had, um, we, we kind of got off onto another tangent. I do <laughs> that many times, but um, we talked about fad diets and somehow we got into the whole gluten thing when we were talking about that, which is, which is fine. <laughs> I love it. But you you had a period of time, and this is not, you know, going into Hodgkin's even yet, where your poor choices in life, doing these yo-yo diets and fad diets and the different things that you were doing to your body, and I'll let you describe that, really caught up with you. Um, can you talk to us about that? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my health journey really started, I guess, if you went to the very beginning back in 2012, I started experiencing some fatigue and, um, it was more common than, you know, I, I was like, I'm in my mid twenties. Um, I don't feel like this is normal. I was, I had gone back to college at that time to finish my degree. And, um, I would come, uh, to my now husband, Patrick's home because it was a little bit closer to school in the middle of the afternoon and I would crash and sleep for like, you know, two hours sometimes. And it was like, this isn't just, it was just this overwhelming, uh, you know, dysregulation of my energy levels and it wasn't normal. So I started kind of jumping into, I got some blood work done. I wanted to see, um, you know, maybe how I could support myself, what was happening. And that was sort of my first foray into this world. And fast forward a few years, um, I went gluten-free. I noticed a tremendous impact on my energy levels. I started jumping out of bed, which I never thought would ever be possible for me. <laughs> I mean, I was always like, I mean, an opera singer, right? Like I was like, I'm going to be a night owl for the rest of my life. Nice. I'm going to spin like this is, this actually works for me. Right. And this is just my, my chemistry. This is how I am. Um, but you know, that's not true as I began to get healthier, um, you know, and, and sort of regulating my circadian rhythm again and things like that, it kind of normalized, but fast forward to about 2015, I was, uh, married and we had gotten married in 2013. So about two years, I mean, quite a few stressors, you know, happened. I had been divorced. I had gotten remarried being remarried meant that I was a new stepmom. Um, mm -hmm. I had a year, uh, somewhere in there where I had like three UTIs in a year. So I had been on like three rounds of antibiotics, um, which we know, you know, puts a tremendous amount of stress on your body. Um, and we had gone on a family vacation and we all got, I think what was food poisoning or norovirus. One of those two was terrible. So there was a lot of disruption in my life kind of in between those years. And uh, so in 2015, even though I had made some changes, we had started eating more whole foods. I'm kind of focusing on those. Uh, it, my body basically crashed. So, um, I had about a two week period where, uh, I describe it as a two week chronic panic attack. So I was crying all the time. I was, um, unable to sleep, complete insomnia. Um, if I did sleep, I'd wake up. If I woke up, I'd cry. It was just this constant stress state that I couldn't shake. So I went to the doctor twice during that two week period. And the second time she offered me, she's like, I, all I can do really is offer you an antidepressant. And I knew that I wasn't depressed. Um, but I was, uh, really, I, I didn't know what options I had. I did. I had kind of started getting into this health world. And so listening to podcasts and, you know, on podcasts, they sort of talk about other experts and that's kind of how you start getting connected to different ideas. Right. right. And so I had just gotten into it enough that I knew about hormone testing. So I asked my doctor, I said, should I maybe get my hormones tested? She said, well, if you're still cycling, I don't really see a need for it. So I left, we filled the prescription because I said, I don't want to take it. I don't think that's what's happening. But 
it's an emergency. I mean, my husband was having to skip work to babysit me. My mom would spend time with me during the day. If my husband couldn't, it was really embarrassing. It was really scary. Um, I felt like an extreme burden. And, um, so I said, well, I'll start taking it if I can't figure something else out. Well, ultimately I followed my gut and I found some hormone testing to be done that, um, really shed light on some things that my body needed support with, including some really, 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 really low hormones. (laughs) So when you talked in the intro about gut health and hormones and a sense of vitality, let me just tell you women, if your hormones are too low or they are not in the right balance with each other, you can feel like a total crazy person (laughs) because that is what happened to me. And it's crazy because what, you know, women don't understand is that your hormone levels, there are periods of time, right? In our lives as women, puberty, childbirth, um, menopause, where of course we think our hormones are going crazy, right? But there's always other times in our life that hormones play a huge part. If you've been taking birth control uh, for years and years, it's affecting your hormone levels because of, of the actual birth control that you're taking. Um, is that what kind of what you were finding out is that there were things that you were doing and exposing yourself to that were really having a problem with the, the hormones? So, um, I think there was a lot of stress and so stress can be this umbrella term, right? For so many different things. And when I started looking back at my life, there was probably at least 10 years of, um, different stressors that had Mm -hmm. happened in my life. But I mean, you also, you look back and especially when you get diagnosed with cancer, you kind of do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You look back and I mean, there's things when I look back and I write down the list, it's like, how did I not get sick sooner? <laughs> you know, your body is so resilient and there's so many things. So, you know, I, I didn't eat very healthy when I was in college. I really gained a lot of weight. I would just eat, you know, entire boxes of Teddy Grahams and, you know, half gallons of ice cream and just eat it right out. You know what I mean? And yeah. I would eat it all the fast food. And um, there was a lot, a tremendous amount of emotional stress during that time, a tremendous amount of emotional stress. Um, I was on birth control for a short period of time. Um, when I was younger, I mean, there were some things that I kind of go all the way back to because we know some things take years and years and years and years and years to develop in your body. I mean, there's stuff to the point where, uh, I sweat a lot as a kid. And, um, so the, the solution to that was to wear a prescription deodorant, which I have no idea what that had in it. Um, and then as soon as I got off of that, I switched to the highest, uh, mm-hmm. active aluminum percentage I could find for an, uh, antiperspirant mm. at the at Kroger. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would actually turn the bottles around and look at it and right. be like, what's the highest percent? Cause I didn't know that putting aluminum on your armpits right next to your lymph system was a bad thing. You know, I just knew that it stopped me from sweating. <laughs> Who would think? Who would think? How did you know that? So, um, there were things like that. We lived in a city where there was a nuclear power plant. They did um, nuclear weapons research. There were several leaks from that facility. There were a lot of families and situations, um, in that area that were very close to the power plant that had cancer develop. Um, so you just never know, you know, if I look back, if you name something that was toxic, I probably was exposed to it in my life just because I was a normal human. You know what I mean? And that includes hair care, skincare, makeup, like everything. Like I did all the normal American things. And when I started, um, getting, you know, I guess you'd say sick in 2015, when I kind of realized things were imbalanced, um, that was a real wake up 
call for me. I, I was very, I've always been interested in being healthy. So I had already sort of been on this slow journey, right. Of changing my food. And I was very, very interested in that. Right. And I was interested in physical health and fitness and all this kind of stuff. And so I kind of started going on that journey. I just think God really orchestrates things in a specific way because he kind of introduced things into my life in a very strategic order, to be honest with you, where, um, they have, I'd be interested in something and then something would happen in my life that would trigger me to dig deeper. And so that really showed up a lot in my life over the past so many years. And so I was interested in food. I was interested in fitness and then my body crashed and I was like, well, got to learn more because that's not enough. Right. So, so then I really wanted to understand my hormones. So then I went into the FTN program and um, really started understanding that if I wanted to fix those long-term and support them long-term, I needed to work on my gut. And that typically hormones are, you know, a secondary reflection of other stressors going on in the body. Because if your body's focused on something it finds very important, fertility is not, you know, uh, it's not its primary focus. (laughs) If you are, you know, in danger of some sort, or you have an infection, or you have a lot of inflammation or whatever, and that's what your body's focused on, it doesn't, say, okay, now's the time for you to have a baby. So I started really working on my gut health and discovered I had, you know, just a whole other list of things there. Um, I had, I had a lot of things to address, uh, food sensitivities, parasites, H. pylori, you name it. I had to deal with, um, getting rid of those and my health began to really improve. Um, and so I noticed a lot of tremendous improvement, which was really, really, uh, interesting to deal with because then a few years after, that I got diagnosed with Hodgkin's. So that was kind of a, uh, an interesting process for sure. Hey there. I wanted to take a minute to talk about the everyday products you are using in your home. Many of us are label hunting. They're examining every product in the house to make sure it's toxic free. And I totally understand that, hey, we're not all scientists and maybe we just want that easy button to help pick the right products. That's why I aligned with Young Living, a whole health and wellness company that has all the clean products you know. From essential oils to personal care products, makeup, supplements, items for kids and babies, and the list goes on. Almost any everyday item you could think of using. And the best part is, Young Living's products are seed to seal. They're backed by high quality standards. They're the leader in the industry and one of the only essential oil companies that have their own farms. I've been there, they're incredible. These are great natural products that you can use right at home. If you wanna shop worry-free for home products, click my link in the show notes and see the quality products from Young Living. You know, you talked about gut health and hormones, you know, in within this realm and, and how your journey, you know, God kept introducing things to you for you to research further and further. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the gut health aspect of if we can. I know that's kind of your area of focus because when you are having this mental breakdown and, you know, and, and you know, a panic attack, like you called it, or, you know, anxiety attack. I've heard research saying that when we're on rounds of antibiotic, that it can take literally years, years from one round of an antibiotic for our gut balance, the good, the, you know, disease contributing bacteria and the beneficial bacteria to balance back out again. So you talked about being on three different rounds of antibiotic. Do you feel like that was 
you know, some contrib- uh, contributing factor to the mental health part of it? Oh, yeah. I think, um, so I think it's all very, very connected. When your gut becomes imbalanced like that, when you're killing off all the bad bacteria with an antibiotic that then wipes out all the good bacteria, it's going to cause some problems. I can't remember the exact order. I'm not sure if I had the antibiotics and then got food poisoning. I think it may have happened in that order, but you can also experience a lot of dysbiosis after around like that. So norovirus, food poisoning, whatever it is, if you're throwing up a lot, you have this major reaction to something that also opens up this opportunity. So I had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, you know, and I wasn't into this as deep as I was now. So I wasn't like, you know, okay, let's do the bone broth. Let's do this mega dose of, of probiotics to recover from this. So I just kind of, you know, lived a normal human life and was like, oh, I got sick and now I'm going to get better. Except that that was absolutely, I believe one of the triggers, um, that kind of set everything in motion in terms of being an extreme imbalance, extreme stress around my body where it did not just naturally bounce back on its own. Right. Um, so yeah, when I look back, I look at that and I think, yep, yep. Three rounds. That's a, that's kind of a big deal. It is. And I, you know, I look um, back, to, I had a brother, he, he's passed away, you know, long time ago now, but he was, um, had a chronic disease. He was born actually with a missing part of his immune system. And so he was on antibiotics his entire life. Mm. I can't even imagine what his gut health mm had to even begin to to look like. That's just crazy to me. So let's talk about, you know, God was working in your life, you know, with all these, okay, you know, we're, we're taking a step forward. Boom. Let's take a, a step. Now we've got a diagnosis as yeah. we see forward with the Hodgkin. So what do you feel like was kind of your aha with that diagnosis? Well, a couple things. I mean, <laughs> God really, uh, he likes to teach me lessons and I think I'm a little bit of a headstrong person. And so <laughs> he'll basically kind of let me go along for a little while and then shove me off a cliff. That tends to be our learning pattern together. <laughs> I can so relate yeah. to that. He goes, all right, Kylene, it's time for another one. Boom. There you go. Off the deep end. So oh, man, it was so hard getting diagnosed because I had been working as an FDM for about two years and I had been transitioning my lifestyle for maybe five or so at that point. I mean, quite, it's been, Mm -hmm. it's been a journey. It's been a step-by-step process, but I've been invested for a while. And so to get diagnosed, was really interesting. I really had to come to terms with, you know, what does that mean? How could I, I'm like the healthiest person I know in terms of like, I will do whatever it takes. If I think something's healthy for me, I will do it. Doesn't matter. I'll find a way. And so it was a really interesting, I had no symptoms. I simply found a lump in my neck. I showed it to my mom, I think it was Christmas morning. And she was like, oh, you better get that checked out. I was like, yeah, you know, what's weird about it is it doesn't hurt. Like if you know you're sick and you have drainage, it's going to be sore. There's nothing like that. So really what I kind of had to come to was the understanding that kind of, as you mentioned earlier, we're never all immune to everything, no matter what we do, right? There's just stuff that will happen. It doesn't matter. Um, However, one of the other things that was very comforting to me was really understanding that cancer and things like autoimmune disease and some of these major diseases, they really do start in your body about seven to 10 years prior before you're able to get diagnosed and before like tumors really show up and all these different things. And so when I 
learned about that because when I got diagnosed, you better believe I was jumping into all the summits. I was, you know, reading, I was researching, I wanted to know everything about it. And so when I started to understand that this was something that could have potentially started about seven to 10 years prior, I was like, oh, well, duh, I was super unhealthy 10 years ago. You better believe it. You know, I was drinking in the afternoons and, you know, in college I was like, lunch is like Pepsi and a Snickers bar. So yeah, of course, you know, sugar, 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 caffeine, Mm, caffeine, stress, stress, stress. And then of course I've been healthier, but you know, that doesn't always mitigate everything. It's not always enough to just fix it. Right. However, I had seen a tremendous amount of progress in my health. So I knew that what I was doing at that point had either slowed it down or stopped it because by the time that I found it, Mm -hmm. I was still stage one a meaning I had one active small tumor. And what was fascinating is I was like, there's no way this developed overnight, zero chance this developed overnight. So the magic of technology, I took my iPhone and I started scrolling through pictures. I was like, there's gotta be a picture where I've had this before I recognized it. And, um, you have to kind of turn your head a specific way for it to kind of pop out. And so I was really, it had to be a very specific angle for me to even see it in a picture, but I was scrolling and scrolling. And I found one two years prior where I had the lump in my neck. And so I knew that I really had this sense that God let me see it when I needed to see it. Mm -hmm. And that was once I was fully established in the functional health world. It was once I had made the connections that I needed to make. It was once I had the information about how the body works and what is possible. And had I been diagnosed three, four, five, six years ago, I would have had none of that. And I would have had no understanding of how I could support my body no idea of what questions to ask, no idea who to reach out to. Um, but instead I was completely blessed to have all of those things in alignment. I had already been supporting my body. So I was able to go into treatment very, very strong. I was able to work with people that helped me navigate it from an integrative functional medicine approach. In addition to traditional chemotherapy. And I was able to recover very, very, very quickly because of all of those things. I love that story. I love how you you lump this into, you know, I needed to have this diagnosis, you know, God, or didn't need to, but God knew exactly when that happened. And I always tell people, because it's, it's different for everybody. And I love how you used traditional medicine along with all of the natural ways and alternative, you know, methodologies to, to support the body. And that that's, that's okay. That's a great, a great choice for people to be able to make. Um, and we have to make those choices that we can make together, you know, individually and, and what works for us. I like how you talked about that it was in your body seven to 10 years prior to you even being able to know about that. And it triggered me and I wrote down a note because I went to a thermography class. Have you heard of thermography? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things they talked about, um, you know, is that in thermography, they can do full body scans, they can do partial body scans, you know, that type of thing, but they're able to detect that an inflammation in the body seven years prior, for instance, a mammogram picking it up. 
you know, for like breast cancer was, you know, kind of the, the thing that they were talking about. And it just triggered me to think about that, that, oh my word, you know, that is a great option. If, if, you know, you've led an unhealthy lifestyle, maybe you want to get a full body scan just to see, is your body attacking different parts you know, there's places within the body and then, you know, obviously they can treat, they can tell you from that scan, hey, we think you need to do some further testing, uh, you know. For from sure. There. Yeah, it would be a great thing to, to pair with, um, you know, some lab work, some blood work, yeah. um, looking for specific markers. Although I will say, and this is kind of interesting as well, my blood work prior uh, to treatment was pretty perfect. So there was nothing even in lymphoma um, markers really that you would screen for that would really flag a problem. It's funny that it was Hodgkin's that you got because you talk about the lifestyle you lived and the toxins that you exposed yourself to with the food choices and the personal care products. Our lymphatic system is kind of our sewer system. It's what's removing everything out of the body. So it's interesting to me that that was the, the cancer diagnosis that you had. Yeah, and it is um, it is a very interesting diagnosis as well. It's actually very rare. I think it's less than one percent of cancer cases. Which, you know, leave it to me. I'm a special flower. Um, <laughs> that's, but, a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is also very um, you know quote unquote treatable with unconventional. Um, uh, chemotherapy. So it's a really interesting, um, it's a very, very interesting cancer. And, um, you know, I would never say because some people say, oh, it's the easy cancer because it's treatable and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And maybe it's shorter term. I wouldn't say that. Um, there's no cancer that's easy. Treatment right. sucks. There's right. no way, there's no way of getting around that. It's not, it's not going to be pleasant. Um, but one thing that I just really came to understand through this process was, and it kind of makes me angry, to be honest with you, is that there are so many ways that you can support your body, even if you choose conventional treatment, which is so incredibly toxic. And I mean, it, it, it essentially takes your body to the brink of death itself to cure right. you and makes you very, very weak and all these different things. And um, it really upsets me that uh, integrative care is not the standard of care. It almost seems like malpractice to me that people can put such high levels of toxins into your body without trying to at the same time protect your body when there are very validated proven methods to do that. And so it's um, it really upsets me. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to write my book is just so that, you know, you, you patients get diagnosed and sometimes they are so scared and they're so um, thrown into this unexpectedly that they're in treatment within a week. And yes. they, don't, they don't really um, know that they can ask questions. They don't really know that there are resources out there that they can ask for. They don't know that there are supplements that can support their bodies. They don't know that there is a way to eat that can help with nausea or with helping to repair your gut lining, which is totally trash from chemo because they're fast dividing cells. Um, and there's all these different tools, some that you can just incorporate yourself and some that you can ask experts for help with in terms of, you know, supplemental support and, and thing and, you know, vitamin C IVs and things of that nature that I incorporated myself. And, um, it's, I, I just, it, I want to get the news out there. Right. I want to let people know. 
And also too, I would, I would encourage, because I'm the toxin terminator, get your hand off the fire. You know, we can't cure the body if our hand is still on the fire. So we have to, you know, especially in the everyday things that we're using. I am with you 100%, Kylene, in this, in this anger. I just went through a situation with my parents where my mom had a transplant surgery and we are meeting with the transplant team. And my dad's words to the team are, my wife's life is in your hands. What you tell us to do is what we're going to do. I was with them every step of the way and listening to how the doctors were talking to them and more specifically the nutritionist post-transplant. I about, I, I could not believe the information that was being given to them. And why, why can't we have a more supportive system in giving Um, the patients, the tools, okay, maybe traditional medicine is not being trained the way you are and I am. So don't try to train them that way. But why can't you bring a specialist in like you, like me, you know, also as part of that care to give them options um, if they so choose to take them Oh, (laughs) it's, it's really mind blowing. Um, and I think that is the future of healthcare is communication and collaboration because nobody can be an expert at everything. I'm never going to be a brain surgeon. I'm never going to be a specialist. I'm never going to be a general medicine practitioner, not my skill set, but their skill set isn't optimal health. It's, it's keeping you from dying. Right. And that's good. We need that. Um, we need those things. They're good at what they are good at. And like I utilized conventional treatment because in my case, it was very effective. And I, I knew that going in that it had a high percentage of efficacy, but, um, but you have to be able to know your options and take control of, you know, and that's one of the things I wanted to mention too, just while we're talking about the frustration around this, I don't ever want somebody that's diagnosed with a disease or cancer or anything like that to ever feel like it's your fault or you brought this on yourself. We all, we all do what we know how to do when we have the information, right? But when things start coming into your world, into your mindset, where you do have the ability to make changes, absolutely what you said, take your foot off the gas well, start making these transitions because it's all about body burden. If you're able to support your body in a way where you take stressors away, it knows what to do. Your body's goal in life is to heal and to make you feel good and have plenty of energy. And typically if you're experiencing symptoms, that's because it's trying to signal to you that something's wrong. And so little signals like constipation, fatigue, brain fog, those are things that should not be ignored. They might be common things. It doesn't mean they're normal for your body. It doesn't mean they're healthy. And it's your body's magical, wonderful, intuitive way of trying to tell you that something is wrong. And so once this kind of information starts coming into your sphere of of knowledge, really just, you know, what I did was just grab onto it and and run. But if that's not your thing, you know, work with a practitioner who's obsessed with it. Absolutely. You know, because there are wonderful, wonderful things that you can do to give your body that chance to do what it was created to do. I love that you put that in there. So I'm putting two and two together here because we keep saying the word FDP, right? Is that? Yeah, so functional. 
diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I am a functional health coach that runs um, lab testing. And my everyone that graduates can have a different you know niche. Basically, my general uh, focus is gut health. I love that. I love that um, because our what is it? Is it eighty percent of our immune system is in our gut? Yeah, about 70, 80%, something like that. And I mean, there's so many things I I talk about all the time, how it's connected to your body. So like 90% of your serotonin. So I mean, when people are talking about anxiety and depression, and you mentioned that connection earlier, I think we kind of got off topic. But in terms of, um, you know, how horrible I felt, um, my gut, you know, was probably totally messed up, which is where a lot of your neurotransmitters are regulated. Mm -hmm. But then also hormones have a direct impact on how you feel and your brain health and everything. And, and those are really out of whack again, probably because there was inflammation and, and other crazy stuff happening in my gut that needed to be addressed and ultimately was addressed. Um, but yeah, all of that is so, 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 so connected. Absolutely. So tell us as we're coming, you know, near to our, our end, I want to hear, um, and maybe, and if, and if we answered this already, just tell me, Amy, Hey, we, we did that 10 minutes ago. Uh, what was your big takeaway? You know, you talk about God teaching you lessons throughout your life. So the Hodgkins, what do you, what do you, what did you take away? Because you had already were in this healthy journey. What was your takeaway from the Hodgkins? Um, you know, it's so ironic right now we're going through the pandemic because it's very similar um, in terms of the world is forced to slow down right now. Right. And there's nothing like a cancer diagnosis and treatment to slow you down. <laughs> I had all the time in the world to think about what I wanted to accomplish with my life, to think about what I wanted to do with the time that I had when I felt better. We're building a house right now, and I had lots of time to think about how I wanted to utilize that, um, you know, hosting classes and, um, you know, using it as a, an opportunity to gather women together. Um, there's just so many things that kind of came to me in terms of wanting to accomplish different things in my life and being helpful to other people. You know, it's really a, um, an eye opener too, when you're sick in terms of what people are willing to do for you. And then you go, gosh, would I have done that for somebody else? And so it kind of changes your perspective when you're healthy of what, how you want to reach out and help other people. Um, you know, when you hear of a need. And so there's just a lot of mental shifts, I think, um, through that time, like I said, I had a lot, a lot of time in bed, a lot of time chilling, a lot of time thinking. And God was just very, very, very present in my life during that time. It's very interesting as you kind of get separated from your physical body a little bit from disease or from sickness um, and weakness. Ultimately, um, you get a little more connected naturally to um, the spiritual side. And so it was just a very interesting time. So I think there were a lot of spiritual shifts, a lot of goals in my life that changed. And um, yeah, so I've been trying to act a little bit on those <laughs> since, since everything has uh, improved. I love it. You know, God used that disease for you to, to align you with your true purpose. Um, yeah, yeah, I would absolutely say that 100%. 
I love that. I love that. So um, we haven't talked a ton about hormones other than, um, you know, when our gut is inflamed, our hormones are, are out of balance. Um, what do you recommend with women? Because we hear so much about hormone imbalance. We hear about how it's affecting so many different areas in our life. What would be your recommendation with men, women if we think that that's an issue for us? Oh my gosh. Well, the first thing, I mean, this really hormones got anything is going wrong, wrong in your life. The first thing I recommend is that you really strongly become your own advocate. Mm-hmm. I think this is, this is one of the reasons I wrote my book too, is to really just encourage people, be an advocate, be an, stand up for yourself. You know, like I was in this situation being handed an antidepressant in reality, I had like zero progesterone <laughs> and like, no, you know, all these different things are happening in my, in my, that could be fixed. That could be addressed. Right. And I had this, that feeling, I followed it and it ended up being very helpful. Um, so absolutely, I would say just be your own advocate, but that, that turns into find someone you trust. So that's what you have. That's why I had to do. I had to find somebody that offered the testing that I wanted to be done. And if you don't know, maybe even know what that is, start asking questions, start doing some research. If you're able to find a practitioner, um, you know, that can really guide you, that would be optimal for sure. Um, but really get tested is the number one thing I would say, if you think you have a hormone imbalance, but don't, I I would caution people, uh, because it's kind of what I learned through the process. I went in for hormones and I came out understanding how it's connected to everything else. Don't get, if you are worried about your hormones, don't get obsessed with hormones, get obsessed with finding what your body needs. And so that is going to include lifestyle. That's going to include sleep. That's going to include nutrition. That's going to include toxins, which you can listen to this podcast, Amy's podcast, for all the tips on how to eliminate those in your environment. And it's going to include looking at things like your gut health, your nutrition status. Um, Do you have heavy metals? Do you um, need some detox help? Do you need some liver support? What does your blood panel look like? What do your hormones look like? Of course you want to test your hormones because you need to know where they are, how you can support them, and then you can monitor them later. But you also want to be making sure that you're tackling it from so many different angles because that's usually what it takes. Your body is not just like, oh, these 10 separate things that come together and magically work. They're so intertwined. It's like a bowl of spaghetti. You can't just address one noodle at a time and get the best results. Right. And that's where a good functional practitioner comes in because they're looking at the whole entire body, not just one specific area. Um, You know, so that I love working with um, functional practitioners because of of getting to the root. You know, what is the root issue here? That is fantastic. So I want to... um, um, I want to kind of end, and, and of course, you know, if you've got something else that you want to bring in here, please, you know, do so. But um, talk to us how how you went from opera singer to functional practitioner. How how does that connect? Yeah, I'll keep that super short. So I went to <laughs> school. My undergraduate was for opera, so vocal performance major. And then um, I made a lot of poor life decisions. I got married, and then I got divorced. And during that time before I got married, I had left uh, school. Um, so I took a, I don't know, a four or five year period off, something like that. Then I went back to school to finish my degree and graduate. And that was just a really wonderful time in my life. I was able to perform. I was able to sing these roles that were dream roles that I never would get able to perform. You know, but I started realizing, um, cause by this time, uh, when I was graduating, I had met my, um, now husband and, um, I was really like, you know, to be an opera singer, 
it's hard to make a living. It's really, really hard. Um, even just being a singer in general, I mean, the whole point of a lesson is to point out what's wrong with you, right? Like, yeah. let me show you how you can get better. And so it's, it's kind of that mentality of never good enough, never good enough, even when you have wonderful, encouraging teachers. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of that mentality of you got to get better, you got to get better, you got to get... And, you know, that really wears on you. And in order to make a lot of money, you have to be willing to travel, to audition, to pay for auditions, to go here. You know. And even, let's say, even if you're successful, sometimes it's very, very hard to make um, a living. You have to kind of be in the real top. To... So I started understanding this and I was like, man, you know, I love singing. I love performing. School is stressful and that's not really the life I want. I'm getting married. I think I'm going to love this life. And then right after you know, everything there. Um, I started kind of getting into my health journey and my health struggles and that just really kicked it off for me where it was like, I am passionate about not only finding optimal health for myself, but everything that I'm learning, I feel like I need to share with the world. And so that just became my career for the past few years. And I love it. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that part of your life with us. So what would you like to, you know, kind of, we want to wrap this up into a a nice little bowl for everybody. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the audience that, you know, is really on your heart that, that you think needs to be heard? You know, I think one of the best things I could tell people is to follow your gut. Mm -hmm. So if you think that something is not right in your body, pursue it until you figure it out or you find somebody that can help you. Um, There are so many situations where, you know, maybe a client will come to me and say, uh, you know, their labs are normal or, you know, in my situation, um, that she, my doctor was saying really, you know, you don't need a hormone test or whatever. And I just really felt that nudge. I I was like, I think I kind of (laughs) do. And, you know, or, or you fall within, you know, normal lab ranges and you're considered healthy because they're looking for extremes, right? Disease, like we talked about, which is fine. Um, but you know, functional medicine really looks for optimal ranges because if you're falling with outside of the optimal ranges, but underneath disease ranges, you can still have quite a few imbalances, quite a few things going on in your body that make you feel really, really bad. So if you are experiencing things like fatigue or just things that are really starting to impact your daily life, you know, your ability to hang out with your family, to accomplish your goals, to show up at work, to maintain a healthy weight, to have a clear mind, focused mind, those are things that absolutely should not be ignored. Because I mean, we, we talked about cancer and autoimmunity and that sort of thing, but Stuff like dementia and Alzheimer's and all of those brain diseases, those show up 15 years early too, 20 years early sometimes. So little, little tiny things, listen to your gut, take action on it, be committed, pursue it like it's your job and find someone that you really click with and trust to work with you and to guide you through that process. Great advice. I love that. So how can my listeners get a hold of you? Do you have, are you on social media? Is there a website? And how can they get their hands on your book? Yes. Thank you, Amy. Um, so I'm all over social media. Um, so if you are on Instagram, it's Kyleen underscore Terhune underscore FDN. My website is KyleenTerhune.com and you can just add slash book if you are interested in finding my book, Healthy Through Hodgkins. It's really written as a guidebook. It shares my personal story, but as well, it shares um, information on, you know, things that you can think about like lifestyle, nutrition, um, vitamins, DIVs, supplements, hiring an integrative oncologist, all those things. 
through the lens of my own journey. And hopefully it's a little silly, a little funny. Um, I know how difficult it is, how much energy you don't have when you're going through treatment. So it should be an easy read, but I hope that it's a tool for people that are diagnosed. Um, and then I am on Facebook. You can join. I have a free Facebook Facebook group called hashtag nutrition, Y-O-U, nutrition, dash nutrition that works for you. So that's available. Anybody can join. I run little challenges in there and post fr- frequently. You can ask questions. You can really engage with me and communicate with me easily there. I love the groups. And, you know, we have our own group too. And, and that's just where really where the community and the love um, is in there. Kyleen, thank you so much for coming on. You have been such a joy and what a journey your life has been. Um, and, and I love that you've taken that journey and made it your life passion to help others as well. So thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. It's just been such a nice pleasure to talk with you. And thanks for having me on. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator, and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.